0: Well, welcome to another edition of the bottom line show i'm roger marsh another new edition of the program another the new broadcast week and we're still here uh all of us i <laughs> think it seems like boy the end of the world just seems to be getting closer and closer and closer and closer doesn't it and yet at the same time we realize that life goes on you know we have weather patterns and High tides and you know, things happening up and down the coast here in uh, the People's Republic of California. Uh, we made it through uh, a national championship game is tonight, right? Or something like that. Uh, t- life goes on, you know, and it's amazing how many people are looking, though, at world events through new eyes. I'd be willing to wager, though I'm not a gambling man, as I always say. But here in 2024, you know, we're a week into it. And, you know, this is the time when New Year's resolutions come and go. And a lot of people made resolutions. Of course, you know, not exercise. You know, the same old ones. Going to get my spending on track. We're going to lower our debt and increase our savings or whatever. We're going to take better care of our health. Meal prep and exercise and all those things. And it doesn't take long before you start getting bogged down with the news of the world and the Epstein list and everything else that's happening. And it, it can be rather daunting. I, I think, honestly, one of the best goals that we in the body of Christ can have Here for 2024 is just to survive it, and what I mean by surviving it is is not just to get through each day and say, "Whew, I made it through the day," but rather to get through it in such a way that is God honoring. And I know this year, as I'm focusing a little more on my health, at least, and I both have really been committed to that. We we've kind of been in "keep your head down and get things done" mode for the past couple of years, and certain things have kind of we've gotten out of the habit of doing it. We want to, you know, continue to do those things and take care of the things that God would have us take care of. One of the big issues that really hit home, I think for us in the United States, was not February of 2022 when Russia invaded Ukraine, but rather October 7th, 2023, when Hamas slash Palestine, if you will, uh, attacked Israel. And getting an understanding of that has been huge, I think for Christians in particular in no particular order, just kind of running down why this is important. There are a lot of people who are American Christians who believe that Israel is important because Bible says Israel, God's chosen people, the end. And then there are other people who look and say, yeah, but did you know that 90% of Israel are atheists right now? I mean, it's not like the Jews are all there kind of hanging out, waiting for God to lead them into the promised land. I mean, they're there. Um, there was a big flap over uh, the Christmas holiday, for example, about how uh, the Christians that were there were being asked to take down their uh, Christian symbols celebrating the birth of Christ, you know, which is somewhat ironic that the church would, uh, would kind of be you know, in that situation where they're, they're feeling like they're kind of kowtowing to terrorists who, uh, for some unknown reason, were able to get in and infiltrate Israel and do what they are doing. People don't realize that when it comes to, oh, little town of Bethlehem, you know, we here in the States and the churches saying, oh, uh, how still we see the lie, but 3% of that area are Christians. So, I mean, it's not like it was a huge uh, influx of Christians that were all, uh, you know, in, in the States when Christians kind of backed down to the secular left up until maybe a few years ago, people would ask why there's 70 to 80% of America believes in God and why would you do that? But when you're looking at this part of the world where 10% of Israel are actually Jewish and 3% are Christians, then you begin to understand why there's a little more tension, why the 22 nations surrounding Israel are, are coming at them in full force because the third dominant religion there is the dominant one, which is Islam. And we don't always think of that you know, that way as, wow, Oh, little town of Bethlehem is now Islamic. You know, it's Muslim occupied. And, but it's important for us to, to understand that because then when people say, well, why, you know, why, why is Israel attacking these poor Palestinians in Gaza? And why is it so, um, why is it so, you know, horrific for them? And, and, and we should not be supporting them, but rather we should be supporting, you know, these poor people, our Palestinian Christian friends, etc. etc. And there's no question whenever there's an attack somewhere, um, the first thing we in the body of Christ need to do is to look at this from the perspective of how is this impacting the church? What has God up to spiritually? And trust me, this is something that prior to the foundation of the Bottom Line Show, September 19th, 2011, uh, this is something that I would not have come to naturally. I, I would have initially thought, okay, there's a military offensive somewhere, so what does this mean? When George W. Bush sent the troops into Iraq, first question I had was, is this good for America, right? Is this good, and ostensibly the world? Because, you know, if you're an American and you see the world through the American viewpoint, then the first thing you think of is, well, of course, this is good for America, so it's good for the world. Then I started hanging out with guys like Norm Nelson of Compassion Radio, Norm's with the Lord now. And Norm said, look, I'm a Christian, I'm in the Middle East. And while this may have been good for U.S., Uh, Politically, uh, it was horrible for the church. The Christians here, even in the oppression, did better under the dictatorship than they're doing now under being so-called liberated. And it really got me to think in terms of, hey, wait a minute, maybe I've been looking at this wrong. Not that that I don't want America to succeed, but I want to make sure first and foremost, my focus is what's going on in the church. And so when subsequent military uh, situations have happened, recently the two big ones, of course, uh, with Russia invading Ukraine, and uh the uh, hamas i can't even call them the palestinians i mean the palestinians in gaza are being played they're puppets um it's just it's not it's really not fair to say well since there are palestinian christians then we should be supporting palestine at the expense of israel but then you've got this cultural you know denomination if you will of jewish people in israel and scripture says pray for the peace of jerusalem god's chosen people and so we have to try to sort all that out but now it's made it a lot easier when you see russia invading ukraine i remember being at the national religious broadcasters convention maybe a week or two after all that went down and we were having prayer breakfast and everybody was wearing their ukraine badges and this that and the other thing and my first thought was yes I, I i don't like the fact that one nation invaded another but what does this mean for the church because there are Christians in Ukraine, obviously. There are Christians in Russia. Are families being torn up by this? I mean, ultimately, what is God up to? It wasn't as concerned with Vladimir Putin trying to take on the world, but rather that was, you know, the, the, the concern was, what does this mean for the body of Christ? Same thing with Israel. Uh, Chad Byrd is the theologian with 1517.org. 1517, of course, the year that Martin Luther nailed the famous 95 Theses to the church door at Wittenberg. And he has a really great series of writings. If you go to 1517.org, you could probably find them there about how when it it comes to who Jesus is, he says, you know, when you talk about your name being written in the Lamb's book of life, is there going to be an actual big old book that God opens up and pulls open the covers and the dust and the other thing? He said, no. I mean, we see in scripture that the names of all of those who are in Christ are literally written on the palms of his hands. Basically, the book of life is Jesus. It's not Jesus reading out of the book. And it's the same thing when it comes to Israel and when it comes to the church and the children of God. Remember, Jesus was called a rabbi you know, when he walked the face of the earth. And this is a guy who, this is a guy, Jesus for crying out loud, <laughs> this is a guy. But as he spoke and as he taught, people called him rabbi. We're told that the gospel, the good news of salvation is first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. So uh, understanding Israel's role, there there is no, as Steve Gregg says on Narrow Path Program, there is no quote-unquote replacement theology per se. What is replaced is the Old Covenant has been replaced by the New Covenant. The Old Covenant of Torah obedience is replaced with the New Covenant in Jesus' blood. And it's that second cup that he drank at the Passover, where he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. The cup that he would traditionally have been drinking from is to celebrate, commemorate the wrath of God that the Jews were spared from. And so it was a cup of bitterness. It was a cup of separation. It was a cup, Jesus said, look, I'm going to drink that cup so you can drink from this cup, the new covenant. So now basically when it comes to the children of of God, it's not the children of Israel per se, And it's not that western christianity replaced the children of israel it's anyone who is under the covenant in the blood of christ that's the new covenant that's where the church is that's where the children of god is and yet we do not have anything in scripture that says okay we're done with israel now so you pray for the peace of jerusalem we know that jesus is coming back to the temple mount to rule and reign for a thousand years i mean it's a very very special part of the world. But when we see that the Palestinians, well, Hamas, attacked Israel on, October, on, on Rosh Hashanah, I mean, <laughs> High Holy Day in Israel, October 7th, 2023. Now Israeli defense forces have told uh, Fox News Digital that they uh, have been able to seize uh, materials from uh, the Khan Yunus uh, in Gaza and the ongoing war in the recent uh, m- moments here. Um, It talks about the involvement of minors in terrorist activities. The IDF has said, here's an example of this. The, The transfer of explosives from place to place in Gaza was by children. The children were in vegetable bags and they replaced them in Hamas ambushes. Children in vegetable bags with explosives being transferred place to place. And what you'll get from progressive Christians is this, stop blowing up the children to Israel without realizing that it's not that Israel is seeking and to attack children, it's that Hamas is weaponizing them. It's fascinating stuff. It's heartbreaking, of course. We pray for the peace for all involved and especially for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are on the Palestinian side, or on the Israeli side. But don't lose sight of the fact that Jesus told us to beware of the signs of the times. These things that we can see happening all around us and we know that they're going to impact us. Uh, pastor Barry Stagner is the, uh, uh, the co-author of the Bible Prophecy, The Essentials series. He's a pastor right here in Southern California at uh, Central Calvary OC. He is also, which is formerly Calvary Chapel of Tustin. Um, he's also a podcaster and a broadcaster Um, the internationally broadcast weekly program called the lineup talks about what's happening in the world and keeping an eye on what's happening now but as it pertains to prophecy his brand new book comes out next week it's called the time of the signs a chronology of earth's final events We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we will have a copy of the book to give away at the end of our conversation. But on the other side of this break, Pastor Bray Stagner joins me, and we're going to talk about the time of the signs that we're seeing. It's where we're living right now. And as much as we want to get wrapped up in the emotional side of, like, the Israeli conflict and, and, and try to pick winners and losers and cheer for the right team— the greater good for us as discerning Christians is to look down the road, see behind what's happening in this sign right now, and ask God, what is it that you're up to, and what role do we play in your army? We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Bottom line show listeners have been so supportive of preborn, and I appreciate you, and I know that preborn does as well. Preborn is the pregnancy resource center that offers women uh, options and offers women the truth when it comes to an unexpected or unplanned pregnancy. Now, if you were expecting pregnancy and you wanna get a free ultrasound, you can go to a pre-born clinic as well. It's very easy to do. And every time we donate $28 to the cause, that provides one free ultrasound appointment for someone who may or may not have the means to handle this. Now, Terry in Cathedral City recently called in a $1,000 donation. Thank you so much, Terry, for uh, for giving us that call, especially out of the Coachella Valley. Also, Dennis in Los Angeles called in a $28 donation. Thank you, Dennis, for that $28. And also, I want to say thanks to Diane in San Diego, a $500 donation. Every $28 you provide. Means one more ultrasound visit for a woman who may be deciding between whether or not to keep the pregnancy or to keep the child. We are pro-child. Eighty-five percent of the women who go to Preborn and see the ultrasound choose life for their preborn child. And you can give a tax-deductible donation online today to support that cause. Go to kbrightradio.com and look for the Preborn banner. Click the banner and make your best donation today. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to get into a conversation that a lot of people have been having more and more recently, especially with what's going on in the Middle East, but a conversation about what's happening in the world, the world around us, and wondering what is going really going on in terms of the chronology of Earth's final events. Joining me today here on The Bottom Line is Pastor Barry Stagner. Uh, Barry is the pastor of of Calvary Central OC, which used to be Calvary Chapel Tustin back when I first met him years and years ago. He is a a well-known apologist. He is the host of the international broadcast weekly program called The Lineup and the author of several books. Uh, His latest book is coming out soon. And we want to get a precursor on this. It's the paperback edition of the book called "The Time of the Signs, a Chronology of Earth's Final Events. There's a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. Pastor Barry Stagner, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show.
1: Thank you, Roger. Great to be back with you.
0: I have a an affinity for our conversations because I was remembering back to the day, November eighth, twenty sixteen, when you were kind enough to donate a couple hours of your time to hang out with me on the bottom line. Do you remember this? Uh, you came I do. and say, sat in with me on the bottom line show. And we sat there and we tried to look at both of the doomsday scenarios that were facing America at that time. One was that Hillary Clinton would win the presidency, the other one was Donald Trump would win the presidency. Yeah. And it was just, it was kind of a surreal time. We were just praying for the nation, praying for people, trying to, you know, put out the calm voice of reason. But in the seven plus years since that has taken place there's been a lot that's gone on with regard to the sign of the times of the time of the signs. talk about what you're seeing right now i mean it, it's moving pretty rapidly isn't it
1: well it is and i think that's one of the times one of the signs of the times of the time of the signs so to speak and um you know when when we look into uh, revelation in verse one, Jesus talks about things happening in an escalated format. Mm-hmm. He says it will happen shortly, and that doesn't mean soon. that means in quick succession. Mm-hmm. And so when we look pair that with what he said in the Olivet discourse in the, what I call the preamble to the discourse in matthew twenty four three to eight, he used the the phrase and conclusion of the that familiar passage about wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, pestilence famines all all those other events and uh, he said beginning of sorrows now hmm. that can be translated as the commencement of birth pangs right. and uh, sorrows is translated elsewhere as birth pangs uh, in uh, paul's writings but if we are nearing the end of the church age then we would expect to see a, an increase in frequency and intensity of events related to uh, the the birth of what's coming and that is the final phase of labor which would be the tribulation period. And mm-hmm. I think we're seeing a lot of the precursors to what will ultimately be fulfilled during the tribulation happening right now.
0: Now, this is not new. I mean, in terms of, we think it's new because we saw what happened October 7th of this year. We, we, we've we seen what's happened in recent years, even two, three, five, ten 10 years ago. But the rebirth of Israel really was kind of when the, the sands of the hourglass kind of literally got turned over and dropped down. Talk about why that is probably the most important significant sign of the end times in terms of when Israel was reformed and now what's happening in the middle east today
1: well looking at what uh ezekiel the prophet was told and uh, the things that were revealed to him a lot of times we start with uh ezekiel 37 mm-hmm. where we we read about the dry bones and the sinew and flesh and all that coming back upon them speaking of the rebirth of the nation of israel But I think it's important to back up just one chapter and look at Ezekiel 36, verse 20, where the Lord said that when the Jews are outside of the promised land, his name is profaned. Mm. And the people of the world would say, you're God's people and you're not in his land. And I think that's probably the pivotal uh, phrase in that whole passage from Ezekiel 36 to 39. It's his land. And he gave his people his land, his people, being those uh, born through the descendants of Abraham, through Isaac and Jacob, and uh, this is a land that God has covenanted uh, with unconditional, everlasting promises uh, to the nation of Israel. And you know the the phrases associated, especially in chapters like Zechariah twelve to fourteen, right. uh, we we see "in that day," "in that day," repeated sixteen times in three chapters, where he's talking about the tribulation period. And I think what we're seeing now, uh, being in the late stages of that generation that sees a rebirth of the nation of Israel, is the uh, Jerusalem becoming a a heavy stone, uh, a burden to all nations. And I think that's what's happening uh, with the particular scenario we're watching unfold right now. Mm -hmm. I I don't think we can put our finger on anything and say, well, you know, October 7th was uh, this prophecy or that chapter and that verse. But I do think that we are seeing preparations for the world uh, in its whole, looking at uh, Jerusalem as a real problem. And uh, we're seeing these massive protests all over the world uh, that are taking place simply because of of multiple levels of unawareness, or Mm -hmm. we could say ignorance, uh, including the legalities of Israel uh, being in the the land that God had covenanted uh, to them. Uh, Legally, they have every right to be there. The League of Nations established this. July 24th, 1922, the San Remo Resolution uh, also endorsed that in 1925. You know, we we just see throughout the the course of uh, the predecessors to the UN, uh, Israel being given this land, having three quarters of it taken back from them and given to uh, the Hashemite kingdom of the Jordanians. But, uh, you know, they have every right to be there. And uh above all that, above the the human involvement is God's ordinance. the mm-hmm. He gave it to them
2: mm-hmm.
0: And that's it's interesting to watch the world come to terms with that not not knowing or believing and yet per- perceiving what's going on here. Uh, Pastor Barry Stagner with me today here on the bottom line brand new book is called the time of the signs a chronology of earth's final events and we have a link for the book up at the bottomlineshow.com it will be it's scheduled for release later this year as um, we're talking about these signs uh pastor barry uh the the idea that there are people who are looking for you know the, these these clues you know that that we've been uh, taught to look for and let's be honest i mean you and i are contemporaries uh we didn't think we'd see it in our lifetime we hope we would but mm-hmm. we didn't necessarily think we would we thought that's something our grandkids are going to have to wrestle with and now here we are wrestling with it is there anything that's happened in the past year past six months maybe even the past two years that is such a glaringly obvious sign that maybe american christians might be missing i mean for me when you talk about the israeli-palestinian conflict i'm like wait a minute do you know the origins of the palestinians i mean there, there's there's a lot a lot more to focus on than just how many you know what was the body count at the hospital that got blown up or whatever i mean those are that that's tragic and it's it's heartbreaking it's horrific but that's not necessarily something we should be spending too much time capping out on, is it?
1: Well, you know, in the Zechariah passage, you know, the Lord is going to fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle ultimately. And and that's really, I think, what we're pushing toward. And if we're seeing things and, you know, Roger, I, I'm a strong believer in the pre-tribulation rapture. I think that's mm-hmm. biblically defensible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, if we're saying things that are going to reach their ultimate fulfillment, during the tribulation, I think what this ought to do for us is to create a sense of desperation for the lost and perishing around yes, us, yes. and to be telling them, "Hey, you know what? The Bible said all this stuff is going to go down, and now we're watching it happen." And you know, I I like what you said a moment ago. What's happened in the last two years, six months, two months, or whatever? We could almost today say, "What's happened in the last fifteen minutes?" <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, <laughs> that tells you. That yeah. uh, things are moving quickly towards uh, their foretold end. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, you know, when we, uh, a lot of people today, oddly, you know, they, they say, well, you just really can't know uh, if we're in the last days. Well, yeah, you can. The Bible said we're in the last days in Hebrews 1 that in time past, God spoke to the fathers through the prophets. But in these last days, He's spoken to us in His Son. So we're definitely in the last, and I believe the last of the last days, and watching the rebirth of the nation of Israel, seeing them advance to now 75 years old, being told in the Olivet Discourse, the generation that sees the fig tree bud, which uh, both Joel and Hosea and Jeremiah used a fig tree idiom and description of Israel, uh, we are late in uh, a generation uh, that has seen Israel uh, come back into the land, uh, having profaned the name of the Lord every day they were out of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the the realities, I think, also, Roger, uh, there are things that we're watching that don't have anything to do with Israel, but have everything to do with the Word of God. Mm. Uh, we're seeing a mass defection from truth that Paul prophesied of in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Right. We're living in perilous times that he talked about, and, and all of the character flaws are evident all around us. Listen in Second Timothy chapter 3, uh, we're seeing all of these things take place simultaneously, but I think what brings us into the realm of understanding it to be prophetic is Israel, mm. Israel being back in the land.
0: Yeah, Pastor Barry Stagner, a great words of insight today here on The Bottom Line Show. Uh, the book is called The Time of the Signs, A Chronology of Earth's Final Events, and we've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to today's edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Pastor Barry Stagner is my guest. His brand new book is called The Time of the Signs, A Chronology of Earth's Final Events there's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We do have a copy of the book uh, to give away today here at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. I want to share a quote from Pastor Jack Hibbs of Real, Re- Real Radio that happens here in Southern California right after the Bottom Line Show, and I believe it's on all of our Bottom Line Show affiliates now. Um, Jack, of course, the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And when he read this book, he said, I will say that what everyone is sensing, these are dynamic days. And the world seems to be preparing itself for some momentous event, whether people realize it or not. For many people, trying to make sense of everything that's happening has become a daunting task as everything around us is being fast forwarded toward chaos. However, we need not despair. These are the words of Pastor Jack Ibs. God's word stands firm and Barry Stagner's book, The Time of the Signs is truly an appropriate description of an age in which we live. My friend Barry Stagner has captured well the sequence in which events will unfold as the world continues to unravel. He also reminds us in these perilous times of the glorious future that awaits us. I believe you will be encouraged and informed by reading the time of the signs. That's from Pastor Jack Hibbs of Real Radio, which is heard weekday afternoons 4.30 to 5 Pacific Time right here on K-Bright, our flagship affiliate for the Bottom Line Show. We're talking with Barry Stagner today here on the program, just taking a quick station break to remind You that we do have a copy of Barry's book, The Time of the Science, that we're giving away today. 800 227 5278. 800 227 5278. 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number that gets you through to the bottom line. Now, we'll take a quick break, and as we continue, more of my conversation with Pastor Barry Stagner. Um, this book, The Time of the Science, is important because we're not trying to predict the Lord's return, per se. We're just saying, look, this is the chronology. This is the way Scripture lays it out. And if you've studied it for years, but you're looking for a little more concise uh collaboration here, if you will, um, then this is the one, to, this is the book to take a look at and read. More of my conversation with Pastor Barry Stagner in just a moment. The bottom line continues.
2: Stephanie Kover understands that personal injury help is a uniquely Christian concept. Christians sometimes balk at using a personal injury attorney after an accident, but Paul said that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. When you've been injured, it's important that the responsible party makes your temple well again. And the idea of restitution for lost wages and medical care comes from Exodus 21 and 22, where God outlines the concept of consequences and restitution. That biblical concept says that a person liable for injuring another must replace what is lost as a matter of justice. Sometimes being made whole means being compensated, and Stephanie Cover will fight for your wholeness because it is the Christian thing to do. And she is refreshingly honest. So if she feels like she's not the right attorney or that there is no case, she'll be up front with you about it. If you've been in an accident, find out at no cost if Stephanie can help you by going to kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R.
0: Pastor Barry Stagner is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. He is the senior pastor of Calvary Central O.C., which is in the Costa Mesa area and also the uh, uh, host of the international broadcast. It's a weekly program called The Lineup, and we'll put a link up for that at thebottomlineshow.com. We're talking about his brand new book, The Time of the Signs, a chronology of Earth's final events, and that link is up at thebottomlineshow.com as well. They're pre-ordering this book, so I'm grateful to get some time with Pastor Barry to talk about that and other things as well. Uh, On The Lineup, it's international, and I'm always intrigued when I hear not only American pastors, but American pastors in California and not only American pastors from california but from southern california and what the response is like how do people relate to your style of teaching uh, preaching uh, and what kind of response do you get from people internationally i mean you're hearing from people all over the world who watch your program
1: well the interesting thing about you know what's happening out there through the internet is what you just said. It's the reach is unbelievable. And, you know, there are people that, uh, you know, I travel quite a bit, as as you well know, with uh, Amir Sarfati. So I'm physically all over the world as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hear the same thing everywhere. Uh, two things. I can't find a Bible teaching church, and nobody's teaching Bible prophecy. Right. So the interest level out there is huge. And uh, uh, that's one of my favorite things. Uh, I'm not... I don't generally read comments because uh, there's some some nasty ones. <laughs> there are some nutjobs out there, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Usually, but I, I love seeing where people uh, are watching from. And uh, there's people from the Philippines and Australia and New Zealand, mm-hmm. uh, Israel, uh, all over the world uh, jumping in. And, and it's all uh, really for the same reason. What in the world is going on? What does all yes. this stuff mean? And uh, so it is truly just a, a, a real blessing to see how what is used for so much uh, not so good stuff uh, is also used for bringing God glory. So mm, amen. I
0: love it. Amen. Well, we'll put that link up for the lineup at thebottomlineshow.com. You can watch Pastor Barry Stagner in action, teaching and preaching and uh, ministering to his worldwide congregation. In the book, The Time of the Signs, a chronology of Earth's final events. Of course, you are pre-trib, and so we, you know, there's a, the issue of the rapture, and a lot of people have been wondering. I mean, I, some people joke, you know. I mean, I I was late for work, and I got to work, and no one was there, and I thought, oh, the rapture happened. And then I realized it was Saturday, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> ha ha! But there is going to come a place. I mean, the way you you understand it, the way you interpret scripture, and I think we're both in agreement on that. Where does it fit? I mean, in terms of, we're not trying to sit there and say, okay, on November 17th at 4 p.m., you know, there we all go, but as things are starting to line up and we can kind of get a general feel, where are you interpreting uh, the scriptures to put us at in that regard?
1: Well, I think, you know, with Jesus in the Olivet Discourse talking about no man knowing the day and the hour, uh, I believe you have to assign that to the rapture of the church, because, you know, if we know, you know, the duration of the 70th week of Daniel— being two sets of twelve hundred and sixty days, making up the two halves, mm-hmm. we know that from the Abomination of Desolation, twelve hundred and sixty days later is the Second Coming. So that's that's not something that is unknown, at least at one point in time. Right. But I think he's talking about uh, when he comes. As he promised to the disciples in John 14, to take them to where he is, which is in the Father's house, and uh, so I think really there there's and I mentioned this in the book that I think the the possible scenario, and uh, you know the the most uh, uh, the best form of of prophetic interpretation is fulfillment, uh, obviously so when we look back, we can see things that are for sure. But I think possibly the scenario could play out like this, that the uh, Isaiah 17 destruction of Damascus would be the catalyst for the launch of the Ezekiel War. Mm -hmm. I think it's possible that the Ezekiel War could start before the rapture of the church, but I don't think the Ezekiel War can end uh, without the church being taken out of the way. And I say that for this reason. If you look at Ezekiel 39, you see a divine response that is specific to the time when God is dealing directly with Israel. There's flooding rain and hail and fire and blood and uh, earthquake and all those things that uh, are are representative of God moving on behalf of Israel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there was ever a time where he was going to pull that kind of stuff out, and use that type of weapons. it would have been against the Nazis. Mm, but you yeah. know here we are. We're in right. the, the church age. and you know, knowing that that this is going to be how that battle ends and how the invading forces of Russia, Turkey, uh, Iran, Libya, and Sudan are going to be destroyed by him himself, by him engaging uh, the adversaries, I think that is a post-rapture event. And uh, so, I think we could see the destruction of Damascus, the start of the Ezekiel War, the rapture of the church, and then the ultimate uh, destruction of the invading forces, which could very well be the reason that the Jews are allowed to build the third temple interesting
0: interesting i was just having a conversation recently with a guy who writes for national geographic uh andrew lawler who had re- just written a story on the mm-hmm. dome on the rock and you know that has a book out on this whole thing about jerusalem and brought up that whole point point. and he said you know from from a human standpoint i would love to see you know everyone trying to live as peaceably as we possibly can but at the same time when you're also talking about blessed are the peacemakers as opposed to the peacekeepers well peacemaking sometimes involves a little bit of violence it involves a little bit of bloodshed and god is not going to be stopped in that and i and so i i I say that cautiously not so people think i'm some kind of you know christian war hawk or whatever but you know as you're describing battle after battle after you know confrontation um we need to be prepared for that too uh, Pastor Barry Stagner with me today here on The Bottom Line. The Time of the Signs, very clever title, uh, but it does describe what he writes about the chronology of Earth's final events. We have a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. There's been a bit of confusion that I've seen, Barry, and I would love for you to comment on this um, with regard to the return of Christ. You know, we, we were talking during the break about a, a fellow uh, broadcaster, Bible teacher, who's, you know, kind of opposite everything you and I've been talking about yeah. just now, yeah. but I love it. Well, he's a great guy. But there are a lot of people who are saying, okay, well, the Lord's going to come back. The Lord's going to come back. The Lord's going to come back. Without asking the second part of the question is, and then what? Can you help us kind of understand why what what the time of the signs is helping us to do in terms of Earth's final events? But when the Lord does return, what are we what are we looking at next?
1: Well, when he comes back, he'll his feet will touch down on the Mount of Olives. And I think that's one of the strongest arguments against the belief in replacement theology Mm -hmm. uh, that the church has replaced Israel. Uh, If the church has replaced Israel, why is he coming back to Jerusalem? Right. Uh, Because Jerusalem would actually be Palestine Mm -hmm. uh, under Muslim rule, So that doesn't make any sense. But he's coming back. And what we're told is that when he steps on uh, the Mount of Olives, and this again is Zechariah, uh, there's going to be a a valley that opens up and living waters are going to flow And restore the earth, I believe, to what we could describe as kind of an Eden-like condition. Hmm. We know from Isaiah and elsewhere that the lifespans are going to return to the uh, antediluvian or the pre-Noah span lifespan people are going to live. You know, he he writes about, you know, a child shall die at 100 years old, meaning Mm. somebody dies at 100. It'd be like a baby died because people are living longer. And, you know, all the other descriptions we see of the animal kingdom being at peace with humans and the child, you know, playing on the the poisonous snakes uh, hole or den. So what we're going to see after the return of Christ is a thousand years. And, And again, you know, this is a debated issue and, uh, you know, when you have the, the word that's translated as thousand uh, in Revelation chapter 20, used six times, and it's used one time also in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, every time that word is used in the New Testament, it's used literally. Mm-hmm. So it has to be describing a literal thousand-year time period where Jesus rules and reigns on the earth. And so that begins with his second coming. He comes back. Living waters flow from the Mount of Olives. Uh, The world is restored to a a beautiful uh, Eden-like state. Uh, Lifespans are extended. He rules and reigns in righteousness from Jerusalem. Everything is fair. And thank the Lord, there's no more elections. Mm, amen. <laughs> That's for sure. That
0: is Amen. Amen. Hallelujah for that. Oh, Pastor Barry Stagner, the time has passed by much too quickly. We'll have to have you back on again, especially as we get closer to release of the book. But I want to remind our listeners about the book, The Time of the Signs, a chronology of Earth's final events. And we've got a link for it up at the thebottomlineshow.com. 60 seconds left in our conversation, Pastor Barry. Uh, you guys have uh, moved your congregation a couple of different times to larger venues, and, and now it's uh, Calvary Central OC in Costa Mesa. Uh, make your best pitch for inviting our listeners in that area, since that's kind of right where the Bottom Line Show headquarters is at KBRT. Uh, talk about why uh, why now is the perfect time if you're looking for a church home to try your church out.
1: Well, we teach the Bible, and uh, you know, as Pastor Chuck used to say, simply teaching the Bible simply. And hmm. uh, you know, I love what Jay Vernon McGee used to say: "Put the cookies on the bottom shelf where mm-hmm. the kids can reach them." So yep. uh, we're not feeding giraffes; we're feeding sheep, <laughs> and uh, we want to make sure that uh, we come away with something uh, that equips us for the work of ministry, which is actually what Paul said in in Ephesians chapter four: is the purpose of church. He gave pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So. Amen. Really, that's our goal, to motivate people, educate people as far as what the Bible teaches. And uh, we don't, uh, and I like the old saying, we're not teaching from the Bible, we're teaching the Bible. Amen. I'm uh, going through Second Timothy right now, and we'll make our, we're continuing our way uh, through the New Testament, and we'll keep going until the Lord comes to get us.
0: Well, I love that. And uh, right now, if you go visit Pastor Barry Stagner's church, you will not have your t- itching ears tickled but you'll have your (laughs) soul satisfied, (laughs) especially as you're moving through Second Timothy, and you have alluded to this earlier about how common that's becoming, even in places that are quote-unquote the church, um, Uh, that uh, it's it's, it's tragic, but I'm grateful for men like Barry Stagner who are preaching and teaching God's Word faithfully until the Lord returns and then thereafter. Uh, Pastor Barry Stagner, the book The Time of the Signs is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Barry, God bless you. Thank you for being with us today here on the program. Let's make sure it's not seven years until our next visit again. How about it?
1: Yes, amen. Thank you, Roger. Great to be with you.
0: What a great dialogue with Pastor Barry Stagner today here on The Bottom Line. His book, The Time of the Signs, is up at TheBottomLineShow.com, and we do have a copy of this book that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. This is the number to get you through to The Bottom Line. Again, the book by Pastor Barry Stagner, The Time of the Signs, A Chronology of Earth's Final Events. As we've been talking about the war in... Israel, and the war in between Russia and Ukraine, and some of these things that keep lining up, you might be asking yourself the question, what exactly has God up to? This book, The Time of the Science, will help you see the chronology of Earth's final events. 800 227 227 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the Bottom Line. On the other side of this break, our listeners to K-Bright AM 1240 in San Diego have been made aware of a brand new broadcast that comes on every weekday morning from 11:30 to 12 right after Jay Secular Live in San Diego. A guy by the name of David Spoon hosts a program called The David Spoon Experience. Coming up, David's going to join me to talk a little bit more about that program, about that ministry, and uh, why I think you should tune in if you get a chance every now and again. David Spoon joining me next as the bottom line continues. Here's Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial Services with a reminder that your investments do more than just make money. They actually change lives.
3: This Christmas, we gave our family the gift of life. So I thought, let's do the same for our Wilson Financial clients. A way of saying thank you for being in partnership with us in the ministry. What we're going to do to honor our clients is we're going to fund 100 ultrasounds per month, each month for the next 12 months through Preborn. Also, each quarter, we're going to buy an ultrasound machine. And at the end of the year, those machines will be saving an average of 1,600 children per year. We do this to honor and inform our clients of this great ministry and to say thank you for being our clients and being our friend.
0: Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Well, special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line Show, and the reason he's a very special guest that we wanted to have on the program is because he's a brand new programmer for us here on uh, KBRT AM 1240 in San Diego, not new to the San Diego area, but new to our waves as of a couple of months ago. Dr. David Spoon is with me. The David Spoon Experience is heard every weekday morning, 1130 to 12 noon on AM 1240, right after the half hour edition of Jay Seculo Life. Dr. David Spoon, welcome to The Bottom Line Show.
4: Thank you so much. I really greatly appreciate.
0: It. Well, I appreciate what you do too, because I mean, the, Dr. Spoon has a, a doctorate from Liberty University in strate- strategic ministry. Did I hear you say that correctly? I mean, if you're watching my, if you're watching myhopeNow.com right now, you're you're seeing Dr. Spoon wearing his doctorate shirt, which I, <laughs> I'm hoping that's not what Liberty gave you instead of a hood and the proper, you know.
4: <laughs> no, no, that actually came from my daughter because in all of our conversations, I'm always right, and so she just thought, "I'll just make this easier for you, Dad. Here you uh, go." I think that's great. That's great. Talk
0: about, help us understand the David Spoon experience. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of passion. But what led you to do this on the radio as opposed to other platforms you might have chosen?
4: Well, what happened is I had just finished doing a business career, uh, just about 49 years old. And I uh, was praying asking the Lord, hey, what, what would you like me to do next? I've been involved in pastoral ministries. Uh, for about 30 almost 35 years prior to that so I've been involved with quite a bit uh, helping plant seven churches in the United States and having a Baptist a Pentecostal and a charismatic ordination and oh, wow. quite, quite enough education that's for sure mm-hmm. uh, and uh, my son called me up and said dad he said what are you doing I said well I'm I'm praying about what I should do next and he said to me my son said to me you should do something you never thought you could ever do just like the most bizarre outreach thing you could ever come up with he said okay love you bye quick and so (laughs) uh, wow that's uh that's a weird conversation uh from my son and i thought what's the most bizarre thing and being born and raised Jewish, you have to understand our culture a little deeper. We are, uh, how we go about each other is two Jews, three opinions. That might help you understand <laughs> this better. And in the truth of the matter is, I thought I'd, I'd like to share what my insight is in regards to the scripture, in regards to everything God has to say in Genesis 1-1 to Revelation twenty two twenty one, and how it impacts on a daily basis.
0: Mm, I love that Dr. David Spoon with me today here on the bottom line check out the David Spoon experience weekday mornings at 1130 on AM 1240 Cape Bright in San Diego and uh, also you can hear him online of course he's got a full 90 minute broadcast that he does I believe we carry are we carrying the whole 90 minute on our sister station in Dallas KWAM? Uh, the sister station in Dallas is the whole 90
4: minutes so that's okay,
0: correct great. okay so if you want to get the whole experience and we've got he must increase uh, org up as the website as well as us uh,
4: yes,
0: it'll be website. he must right okay he you talk about being uh raised jewish uh coming to faith in christ you've written a book called the jewish christian which we've got a link for up at the bottom line show.com what was it that led you to i mean you you were obviously okay with the book at least for the first 39 chapter or for 39 books of it <laughs> you want to get the scripture where when, when did jesus become real to david spoon
4: That's a great, great question. So just so you can know, I was raised in a reformed uh, Jewish home, and uh, we were very faithful to go twice a year and uh, make sure that that (laughs) everything was taken care of from a financial point of view. My family was very, very well off. And uh, for my own uh, journey, I actually went through the route of being a purveyor of recreational pharmaceuticals which is a nice way of saying I was a drug dealer in Detroit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I was doing a lot of bad things. My brother was the first one who got saved in our family. And for the next 30 days, he called me every day Mm. saying, you've got to listen to this thing about Jesus. You've got to hear this story. This man loves us. He started just, you know, he wasn't a theologian, but he was persistent as we often are. And finally, he said one or two things that just, it just clicked like the light bulb went off in my head. And I said, I've always believed that God is real, but now I'm getting this opportunity to understand who God is and have a relationship with God. And so all I said at that point was, I'll give it a shot. I didn't do that. You know, most people are like big grandos, you know, this happens, the sky opens. That is not what happened at all. I just Mm -hmm. said, sure, I'll try it. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. I went over to his house. He led me through the four spiritual laws, went through the Romans road, We went through that process. I said the sinner's prayer, and then I left and continued in my lifestyle. didn't do anything Mm -hmm. different. About three months later, while I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing, the Lord spoke to me, and he spoke to me two words. And he said, that's enough. Mm. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Now I've been down the road, so I know what was and wasn't real. (laughs) What was and wasn't (laughs) induced. And I just was like, uh Oh, <laughs> so I took all of my paraphernalia, all of my uh, illegal possessions, and I, I either threw them in the trash can or flushed them down the toilet. And I wow. got down on my hands and knees and I said, I, I like doing this stuff, but I can tell severely you don't want me doing this stuff. Mm. So in order for me to stop, I'm going to need you to help me because I've been doing it at that point five years in a row, probably 20 times a day. Mm. And the Lord, I just said, I'm just going to be honest. I can't do this unless you help me. And I went to bed and I woke up that next morning and I haven't done drugs since that time.
0: Wow. That's, and that's a was remarkable really test. Wow, that's a remarkable testimony from Dr. David Spoon. Today here on The Bottom Line, he's talking about his uh, radio program that's brand new to us. He's been doing it for a while. It's called The David Spoon Experience. And we've got a link for their website up at thebottomlineshow.com. David, you described your radio program on your site as a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. I can't see any of those three meshing <laughs> together. Well, maybe Hannity had <laughs> focused a little bit, but then Steve Barton. I mean, do you play the banjo? What? How? T- talk about the day when you started formulating this idea after your son's urging. Uh, what would, What did you throw up against the wall and see what would stick?
4: Well, the first thing that I realized, and, and I love. Keep in mind, I love all the genres, all the different people that do Christian elements, Christian radio, Christian movies, Christian ministries. I just, I'm just a huge Kingdom of God fan. Okay, I mean, I just love everything the Lord does. And it doesn't matter to me that Baptist have I mean, it just matters whether it's a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ yes. or not. That's yes. the key component. But the other part I notice is that a lot of times Christians, they think that God is trying to strip them of their personality or who they are. And the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to laugh. And I think we have forgotten that portion mm-hmm. of Scripture. And it's like, hey, you know what? It's okay to smile. It's, it's really <laughs> all right. I mean, it's not yeah. everything. I mean, I know it's tough, and there's no question the world is kind of goofy and getting goofier, Mm. but at the same time, we can encourage one another and strengthen one another as we see the day of Christ approaching. In my mind, sometimes a little laugh in the middle of the day and a little humor in the middle of the whole segment makes things just a little more palatable.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate the fact that you take that into consideration. A friend of mine I used to work with in ministry uh, who was not a medical doctor but had doctors in her family was always just had the joy of the Lord and a chuckle and finally asked her one day, I said, Donna, why do you laugh so much? I mean, do you find the whole world that funny? And she said, no, I learned early on that when you're laughing, every muscle in your body relaxes and if and so that kind of tills the soil of the heart so that god can really do the planting that he needs to do and and so i appreciate your humor i mean the the fact that it's it's the the show kind of i guess for lack of a better phrase using a euphemism it's kind of out there at times but that's a good i mean we need to go out there we we need to get out of here you know that's all tightened up and and enjoy that type of thing what types of topics are you talking about on the david spoon experience i mean most recently
4: All right, so we cover a great uh, many topics, but the majority of what we do is regarding teaching scripture. So, we right now we're teaching in eight separate books. We teach two of them very explicit, explicit, expository word by word, another two is expository word by word, sentence by sentence, and then we do topical teachings as well, subject teaching. So, most of our material centers around what the word of God is. We don't just stick in one area and just do that we go in multiple areas everything like right now we're in psalms and we're also in genesis and we're also in second timothy and we're also in uh second corinthians and we're also in Matthew and it's like we go <laughs> everywhere that there is in scripture wherever it's uh wherever it's uh, pointing to and we also do subjects i don't spend a ton of time on politics we cover some politics and the reason is because i view politics this is a uh, kind of a a way to communicate where we come from. Polly is many and ticks is blood-sucking insects. So many blood-sucking insects. So that's how I look at that process. And then uh, we also do Bible trivia. We've done maybe 5,000 Bible trivia questions in Mm -hmm. the last five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Additionally, we do history. We go over history and pick out the most most bizarre things that are in history, like the first person who was ever caught as a felon by somebody using a telephone. It's Mm -hmm. like... That's just just too crazy, man. I want to know about that. And then we also have people call in. They share praise reports, but they also share prayer requests. And we pray for everybody. And we ask, of course, we submit it to the Lord first. But we take our faith with everybody in the audience's faith, and we combine that together with that person's faith, and we pray for them. And they know that they're being prayed for in the kingdom of God by their brothers and sisters, and we're petitioning the Lord on their behalf.
0: That's beautiful. Dr. David Spoon is with me today here on The Bottom Line, and we're talking about the David Spoon Experience, which now airs weekday mornings from 1130 to 12 noon on K-Bright AM 1240 in San Diego, right after the half-hour edition of J Seculo Live. And we've got links for He Must Increase up at the bottom line, chat.com. he must increase ministry, or just he must increase.org. E-M-S-E-P-A-S OK, that's the website. We'll put yeah. that one up there in addition to uh, the, the information about his books. Take a quick break. And when we come back more of getting to know Dr. David Spoon, it's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Welcome back to the bottom line show for this Monday, the 8th of January. I'm Roger Marsh. David Spoon is my guest, and he is the host of the David Spoon Experience. It's a radio show that he describes as a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity and focus on the family. And uh, if you've been enjoying this uh, first part of the conversation, I encourage you uh, to check out the full edition of the David Spoon Experience. He actually airs for a 90-minute broadcast in the middle of the day. Our sister station, KWM in Dallas. Picks up the whole 90 minutes. I believe that's where the show originates from. Uh, here in Southern California on Bright AM 1240 in San Diego, you can hear a half-hour edition of the David Spoon Experience uh, weekday mornings from 1130 to 12. And we've got a, a link for He Must Increase Ministry up at thebottomlineshow.com. Hey, last call this half hour for the book we've been giving away this hour, a brand-new book by Pastor Barry Stagner. It's not out yet it won't be available in stores. I think it's only available as a pre-order through Amazon and the online places, but we do have a copy of the book called The Time of the Signs, a chronology of Earth's final events. There's a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. As I mentioned, we do have one copy that we're giving away today, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line for that copy, The Time of the Signs, The uh, Chronology of Earth's Final Days by pastor and author Barry Stagner. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, For our KCBC listeners, enjoy the rest of your day. And Rabbi Schneider with Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. Don't forget you can hear the second part of my conversation with David Spoon if you're on KCBC tonight at 7 o'clock during the Bottom Line Show Rewind, or the Bottom Line Show Extra, excuse me. As we continue on the other side of this break, more of my dialogue with David Spoon about the David Spoon experience. It's coming up next as the Bottom Line continues. Dr. David Spoon is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. He, the host of the aforementioned David Spoon Experience, which is now broadcasting every weekday morning from 1130 to 12 noon right here on Cape Bright AM 1240 in San Diego, uh, right after Jay Sekulow, uh, right before uh, Alistair Begg, and of course, Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Uh, David, you're a, a man of many talents, a true Renaissance man in terms of uh, business, in terms of ministry, uh, being raised Jewish, and then coming to faith in Christ, and just a, a powerful, powerful testimony but I was also reading during the break that you are an award-winning songwriter. Did, did I read that correctly? Uh,
4: yeah. it, it, two things, actually. It's really funny. So the songwriting goes hand in hand with my brother, who's been a Christian musician. Well, he was a musician before he became a Christian. So he's mm-hmm. been a musician as long as I could remember. <laughs> Literally as long as I can remember. Yeah. And him and I, uh, I wrote a song and he did the music to it. And it's called New. And it was really such a blessing because... Uh, Team Challenge in Arizona used that for their national theme to wow. minister throughout the country. Then, in my lack of talent, we were producing commercials because I needed a commercial for our show. And mm-hmm. I put together what I thought might be an interesting radio commercial, and it Uh, was way out there. (laughs) Let me just say it was for a roofing company, and I just did this whole thing with Noah and the Lord and roofs and everything. And that won a best, best commercial in San Diego.
1: (laughs) Oh,
0: (laughs) fun! Fun, fun, fun.
4: Get out of town. So I thought, well, good. You know, now if I can convince my children and my grandchildren I'm that great, then I'll be honest.
0: That's very good. I appreciate what you've shared with us in terms of the spoken word, but also on the written word too. I uh, came across your book, Broken for His Glory, that I'd love to get into for just a split second here, because so many people you hear about, you know, when the pandemic came, a lot of folks went away from church to go watch online. And then when it was time to come back, a lot of them said, hey, wait a minute, my church was kind of abusive. If I don't like that place, I want to go somewhere else. You take a slightly different track on uh, what happens when someone experiences church abuse. Talk about that, if you would.
4: Yeah, what I went through, uh, first when we first got saved, there was four of us Jewish boys, all from Detroit, who all got saved in Arizona, 30 days apart. Oh, wow. So there were four of us. We were called the Four Musketeers. In fact, when we went to church uh, back in the day, Tommy Barnett is the one who dubbed us the Four Musketeers. We would go out the Hardest streets, and let me just say that back in 1978 and 79, Van Buren in Phoenix, Arizona, was not the street it is today. That was the height of drugs and prostitution, and oh, we would man. we would witness to everybody. And then there would be there would be uh, protectors, or you know, uh, men who were watching over the women who would pull out their guns and threaten to kill us. And we would hmm. be like, "You need Jesus." I mean, we were just crazy and absolutely on fire. Oh, After wow. that, we got involved in multiple churches. And then we finally settled in this one church. And the church turned into more of a controlling, soft Jim Jones kind of uh, church. Mm. It was a horrible, like once we were growing in the word and growing in the Lord, it, it, it turned out to be horrible as we advanced. We knew that God wasn't this way, but the church was representing this. So as the church disbanded, the Lord took me through this journey, teaching me, look, this is this is not every church. This right. is a church. Right. There are multiple churches. And the big lesson the Lord taught me was, mm-hmm. you love what God loves. Right. And God loves the church. And I started going to other churches, and I could not believe how excellent they were. They were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord just put on my heart, let people know there are great places to go to church. If you've pulled back, it's time to Take your toe and put it in the water, test the (laughs) water, see, because you'll find out there's plenty of people that will love you up and down all the way around
0: in churches. Yes, yes. love that, love that. Broken for His Glory by Dr. David Spoon, Why God's Plan for You May Have Involved a Painful Experience. We put a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com as well. Uh, Dr. David Spoon is my guest today here on the program. He's the host of the David Spoon Experience, uh, which used to be on another one of those network stations in San Diego, and now they finally come to the right place, and they're on Crawford Broadcasting (laughs) weekday mornings at 1130, and that's live, right? I mean, you're live from 1.30 to 3 Central Time, so if you are tuning in to the David Spoon experience on AM 1240, K Bright in San Diego, you're hearing that first half hour, and if you really love what you hear, you can jump over to our sister station KAAM, and pick up the rest of it, or find it on his website as well. David, before the break, we were talking politics, and you had some kind of fun zingers, you know, to share about the political experience. Especially, I, I'm going to remember your definition of poly and Ticks, and then you know, put that together <laughs> and give you full credit, of course. But uh, during the break, we were talking about uh, something you've got coming up on the David Spoon experience. That's, you know, obviously, it's not just political humor or satire, but rather you do take a look at scripture and politics and tr- how they mesh together. Talk about that, if you would.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, the idea, and I'll just say this, the idea that we've had a lot of political struggle in our country about a wall. Let's just use that as a good example. Sure. That's hilarious since Ezra and Nehemiah are interrogated in the wall. Mm-hmm. Then you go right into to, to the, the New Jerusalem, which is in Revelation, and you find out, guess what, there's a wall. And so, all these these ideas, oh, God wouldn't have a wall. No, that's exactly the opposite of the biblical truth. And so, another element that we're going to discuss is when Paul was arrested speaking, the commander, the Roman commander, uh, he had him beaten, but he had him beaten and didn't know he was a Roman citizen. So, he asked Paul about it, and Paul said, yep, I was born a Roman citizen. And the commander said, I had to pay a heavy price for my citizenship. Mm -hmm. There's very few people who talk about that citizenship, if you're not born in that country, costs. In fact, that's also true in Solomon's time, when Solomon was ruling Israel. Mm -hmm. So there's an interesting separation from truth in order to promote political positions. That sounds great, but it's a lie, and the kingdom of God is not based on lies, it's based on the truth.
0: Amen. Amen. God... God can't not be true. I mean, I think he's using the double negative there. And, and I'm grateful that you bring that up. Well, that'll be part of the compelling teaching that you hear on the David Spoon Experience uh, weekday mornings at 1130 here on k am and 1240 in San Diego. David, uh, here we are at the start of a new year. Uh, it's an exciting time. Uh, you're energized. I know a lot of Christians are weary right now because it's just, it seems like whether it was a pandemic or the war in Israel or Ukraine still dragging on. I mean, there are so many different things that seem to be weighing people down, but you're very optimistic here at the start of a new year talk about what kind of energizes you uh for what to come here in 2024
4: all right so there's uh, it's an excellent question so thank you for asking that question first of all the word news in in our society today that actually comes from a, a greek word for rumor which should be the first thing people should recognize right off the bat mm. there's only one place where there is just consistent good news and that's the gospel of jesus christ and what people are trying to do is get their solutions from government politics education academia culture, you know, the media, whatever the case may be, all that sounds great, but it's all based on ridiculousness. It's all based on mainstream philosophy, trying to establish his own righteousness. The reality is that if you spend more time with God, if you spend more personal time with God, you will find more solutions to your life's problems than you ever dreamed of. And I want to say this, this is a big passion of mine to, to communicate. Number one, God created the universe. The dude can write a book. So let's (laughs) get past the silliness that God can't write a book. That's just absurd if you believe he wrote, if he created the universe. And number two, the answer to every problem ever is more of God. Every situation, the answer is more of God. Through prayer, the, the world stopped. People got raised from the dead. Countries prevailed against others regarding warfare. There is nothing in the list that did not happen through prayer. And Jesus said, If you believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. It's like that is in connection with God. So the people that say, Well, prayer, that's not an answer. That is the only answer.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. And amen. Couldn't agree more with the uh, great uh, wisdom from Dr. David Spoon today here on the Bottom Line Show. Check out the David Spoon experience weekday mornings from 1130 to 12 noon here on Bright AM 1240 in San Diego. And also check out the books that we've got pinned up as well, uh, for, especially the one broken for his glory. If you know someone who's been through a painful church experience, Dr. David Spoon has a a book that will definitely bless and uh, and care for your heart in that regard. Dr. David Spoon, great to get to meet you, and congratulations on that awesome t-shirt. Again, I think that's just, for our My Hope Now viewers, I mean, it's just, it it, it sets everything straight, and in black and white, I might add, so I'm grateful that uh <laughs> set the record straight for us. David, great to meet you. Thanks for being
4: with us today here on The Bottom Line. Uh, thank you. My privilege. Thank you so much.
0: Well, that was a lot of fun indeed, David. Thank you so much for the visit. David Spoon, the host of the David Spoon Experience, and uh, He Must Increase Ministries, which you've got the link for up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, the David Spoon Experience he describes, I mentioned earlier, as a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. He's a lot of fun, but he gets into it with regard to politics and the church. And it, there's a full 90 minute uh, version of the show that's available online. You can pick it up on our sister station, KAAM in Dallas, AM 700. Uh, or, excuse me, AM seven seventy in Dallas, and then on our sister station here in San Diego, which carries the Bottom Line Show. If you listen on K Bright AM twelve forty, um, the broadcast of the David Spoon Experience happens every weekday at uh, eleven thirty a.m. And we encourage you to uh, to check that out. We're going to take a quick break, and when we continue, um, I want to take a look at something that's happening in a local ski area that is kind of uh, it's kind of interesting to see because we hear people talking about, you know, the separation of church and state, and we've had all sorts of, you know, kerfluffles here in the Southland over a variety of different issues involving just something as basic as a cross, for example, or a church wanting to stake out a certain piece of land, maybe it was donated to them and they wanna put some kind of marker, maybe a, a replica of Jesus. Well, what would happen if you went to a ski resort and it was one that you have known in the People's Republic of California for years as a place that appears to be a public place, right? one of the mountain ranges. And as you were hiking up the mountain range, you went up the mini, one of the trails up there. And all of a sudden, what do you find? You find a statue of the Virgin Mary. What would you do? Well, we're going to do a little analysis, balance, and clarity on the other side of this break. With regard to the owners of a Northern California ski resort and their plan to erect a 20 foot statue of the Virgin Mary overlooking the ski slopes. And how locals and mountain lovers and tree climbers and hill, no, tree huggers and hill climbers are saying, no, no, you can't do this. But First Amendment people are saying, wait a minute, why not? Is it public property? And oftentimes that is, in fact, the essence of the argument, isn't it? Our definition of public. Public meaning out in the open and anybody can go there or public meaning who owns it. There's definitely an ownership issue here, but there's also a question for us as Christians is, how far do you push an envelope like this when you know it's going to be controversial? We're gonna get into the Virgin Mary statue coming up next as the bottom line continues. I can't say enough about pre-born, and I'm going to keep talking about them because I love what this organization stands for. Basically, what they stand for is the truth, the truth and the science, the truth and the science and being honest about the situation that a woman is facing when she is facing an unplanned pregnancy. Did you know this is a problem within the church? Sixty percent of the women who have abortions in the United States do so after already having given birth at least once. Fifty-four percent of the women who have abortions in the United States are church-going women if not Bible-believing, born-again Christians. So what does that say? It tells me that we in the church need to do a better job of educating people as to what's really going on when a woman tests positive for pregnancy, as they say. Go to a pre-born clinic, they'll do the pregnancy test, then they will do an ultrasound. And the ultrasound technology will show you the pictures of the child in the womb, and then they'll tell you the three options, not the two that the abortion clinics, abortion clinics say, either you're gonna be a parent that's gonna be expensive and ruin your life, just have an abortion. The third option is adoption, and preborn recommends adoption every single time a woman comes in with an unplanned pregnancy. 85% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and have the ultrasound choose life for their baby. You can help in this effort. Make your one time donation to preborn today. Go to kbrightradio.com and click on the preborn banner. Welcome back to this Monday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Happy first day of the week to you, and it's kind of the first full day, full week back because a lot of people of course last monday had new year's off and then next monday is martin luther king day and um, how many people will be celebrating that that might be a good topic of conversation uh, for a dial in maybe later in the week Um, taking a look at a story here los angeles times is reporting on this one Um, there is a a, a ski resort in northern california that has a very familiar name and you'll know instantly even if you've never been there you've heard of this before if you've lived in california Um, This is, though, something that uh, a a family that owns a piece of property in this area wants to put up a statue of the Virgin Mary. Um, The goal of Mount Shasta Ski Park owners Robin and Ray Merlot is to do this, to put up a 20-foot statue of the Virgin Mary overlooking the slopes. Now, Ray Merlot died in 2020. And that was three years after the couple purchased the park in rural Siskiyou County. And in the, according to a Facebook post that they showed on social media recently, in the words of Robin Merlot, this statue is a promise fulfilled and a true representation of the dedication to family that we all value so much here at Ski Park in Mount Shasta. The goal is not to focus on any one religion, but rather to acknowledge and honor the beauty and spiritual power of the mountain we all love so much. Now, that's a rather ominous statement, is it? Basically, um, this is going to be uh, built on the top of Douglas Butte on Mount Shasta. It's going to be at an elevation of 6,600 feet. The platform for this statue will already be visible this season. The project is scheduled to be completed next summer. Now, what's interesting about this is, of course, there are people who... Um, are are all up in arms about this. And I don't know if I didn't realize this was still a a thing. But remember the website change.org? You ever heard of that before? Um, There was a time when a lot of people were all up in arms about whatever they were all up in arms about. And so what they decided, this, this website was launched, change.org. And typically what they would do is they'd say, look, if you don't like that the government's doing this or you think the government should be doing that, go to change.org and fill out our petition. And once we get a certain number of signatures, we'll take them all to the White House and they'll have to listen to our demands. Now that sounds very, I mean, it really rings true to our altruistic hearts, doesn't it? The reality is change.org is a website that aggregates, as they say, information they will put a number out there arbitrarily saying we want to establish something like this to try to spur you and i as for me to uh to to, to sign up what they'll do they can deliver all the signatures they want to the white house there is no law that says if we sign a number of uh, you know get a number of signatures on a petition and deliver it to the white house that the federal government has to act now there are times when you do sign up for something And it does require some kind of action, like if if people are gathering petition, uh, petitioning to get uh, signatures for a measure on the ballot, a ballot initiative has to take a certain number of uh, signatures. It's tough here in the People's Republic of California because it's based on the number of registered voters or the turnout in the last election or whatever the rule is. And that's why some years you get a ton of ballot propositions and other years you don't but there's some kind of legislative precedent, constitutional understanding in most states that if you register a certain issue saying we want to get this ballot on the on the or get this issue on the ballot and then enough people sign the petition, once those signatures are cross-referenced and verified to be actual registered voters, then the you can go forward with the petition. Well, a guy who calls himself Joe Ski Bum online says that this construction must stop immediately and is asking the U.S. Forest Service to intervene. He has put an online petition up at change.org, has a stated goal of 2,500 signatures. Now, please understand, there's nothing magical about signing something on change.org. Sign the petition here. And and again, to be fair, sometimes you'll get uh, the American Center for Law and Justice, Jay Secular's group, will say, hey, we've got the petition here, sign up on the petition. That petition does not empower them to go change legislation. What it does is it gives them an idea of how many people are really into this issue. That's it. 1,600 people have signed the petition to keep this statue from being built. But they could get 25 million signatures and it still doesn't matter. The, uh, the, basically, the, according to the petition... Uh, It says here, uh, this religious icon currently under construction threatens to alienate members of our diverse community who do not share the same religious beliefs. Now, can I add something here just as a little addendum? You'll notice that when the left is forcing their agenda on people of religious faith, they couldn't care less what we think or what those people think about what they're pushing. The idea that this guy would say this religious icon currently under construction threatens to alienate members of our diverse community who do not share the same religious beliefs is completely tone deaf because it does not take into consideration the fact that what's good for the goose is not good for the gander in this case. That door does not swing both ways. Local gathering places, he writes, whether private or not should remain neutral spaces that promote inclusivity and respect for all visitors. You do realize by making that statement that what you've done is you're actually isolating people who don't agree with the people who say that inclusivity is defined this way. Mount Shasta Ski Resort does have special use permits to operate on federal land. They actually have to do this. I mean, as far as that goes. However, the statue would be built on an area that is privately owned. You know what that means? It means the Forest Service is saying, guess what? Part of this land is federal and part of this land is private. They want to build a statue on the private part and we are powerless to stop them. So what does this mean for us as believers, who want to let our light so shine before others in a darkening and fallen world. Is it that important to put up a statue of the Virgin Mary as a symbol of reflection and the awesomeness of nature and things like that? Got a couple of thoughts to share on this and we'll talk about those coming up next as the bottom line continues. Here's Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial Services with a reminder that your investments do more than just make money. They actually change lives.
3: This Christmas, we gave our family the gift of life. So I thought, let's do the same for our Wilson Financial clients. A way of saying thank you for being in partnership with us in the ministry. What we're going to do to honor our clients is we're going to fund 100 ultrasounds per month, each month for the next 12 months through Preborn. Also, each quarter, we're going to buy an ultrasound machine. And at the end of the year, those machines will be saving an average of 1,600 children per year. We do this to honor and inform our clients of this great ministry and to say thank you for being our clients and being our friend.
0: Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Analysis, Balance, and Clarity segment of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Religious liberty hangs in the balance. Well, no, actually, you've got the Merlot family of Northern California. Uh, Robert and uh, Robin uh, Merlot, excuse me, Robin and Ray Merlot, who purchased the land called Mount Shasta Ski Park on Mount Shasta. It's private property. They have a special use permit to operate a ski resort there. But on the private part that Robin and Ray owned and have owned for now seven years, uh, Ray Merlot, one of his final uh, wishes before he passed away in 2020, was to basically, he said that he wanted to build a statue. 20 foot high statue of the Virgin Mary. They posted on their social media pages. The statue is a promise fulfilled and a true representation of the dedication to family that we all value here at Ski Park. It's Mount Shasta Ski Park. The goal is not to focus on any one religion, but to acknowledge and honor the beauty and spiritual power of the mountains we all love so much. Now, I guess if as Christians, if we were looking for an equivalent it would be let's say these people were really into like Native American culture and there was some Native American representation you know spirit guide or I, I don't know enough about Native American culture to to give a qualified example but rather to say if they own that property it's private property and they that's what they wanted to put up uh, big chief what the heck or something like that then we would look at that and you know we'd say we'd say wow okay the Merlot family have private property and they operate the ski resort on federal land. On the private property part, they want to build a tribute to Chief What the Heck. And we would look at that and say, all right, that's what they did. They, they wanted it to be of benefit to all people. I would look at that and say, okay, well, Chief What the Heck. I mean, that's what it is, right? I mean, now if they want to put up a statue of Satan or something like that, that's, that's way more offensive. But I, I don't know how the Virgin Mary offends people except for it just reminds them of their need for God. That's the first order business. Legally, I mean, uh, Siskiyou County Supervisor Ed Valenzuela said the owners have every right to continue construction. He goes, look, it's on private property. It's a private business. And quite frankly, he said, during this holiday season, I have better things to think about than a statue going up. The people who are against it, their response should be, don't go to the ski park. Now, I don't want to be that crass, but they do have the option. You know for the people who reach out to us and say "We don't like what you're doing on you know bottom line show well guess what there are other shows I mean the pe- the vast majority of people who tune in like what we're doing they like what the stations are programming and uh, and and we're, and we're glad we're here for the people who want to hear it and I realize for some folks it could be a little antagonistic and they don't want to hear it but sometimes they like to tune in and remind themselves and remind us of how much they don't want to hear it all right fair enough. But to the family who would say, hey, we want to put this up knowing that it potentially could be controversial. The question I have to ask is what's the end result? What is the hope? What is the desire? I look at what's happened in the Sanctity of Life community, for example, and how it used to be we were anti-abortion and we would take pictures of bloodied fetuses and put them on posters and petition in front of public stadiums and and, and abortion clinics. and, And we found something out very rapidly. Over the first 20 years of the pro-life movement, what we saw was a number of people saying that's gross, that's disgusting, I don't want to hear it because it really didn't pertain to them. Then it became about, well, wait a minute, what's going on behind the scenes here? Maybe we should stop trying to convince people that this is a baby when they don't believe it's a baby. You can go to a preborn clinic and see an ultrasound and you can see that this is a child in the womb, but a lot of people honestly don't believe it is. I've talked to too many people who really think that human babies are just a whole amalgamation of cells and whatever, until somehow right before birth, it all comes together and they come out of the birth canal. I know that sounds silly, but that's where they are. The question I'm asking myself more and more these days is, does that help? Does what I'm doing help somebody either grow stronger in their relationship with the Lord or come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ? For me and my house, we would not build a 20-foot statue of the Virgin Mary. I I don't know how that helps. But the Merlot family say that they feel compelled to do so. If they're compelled to do so, then you better hope it's to drive people to Christ. Because for them to say, it's just a symbol of beauty and the majesty of the mountain. Well, there are other symbols. Be intentional, I guess is the word for the day. As we heard in a conversation with Barry Stagner, the end times are upon us, and we are looking at the time of the signs of God leading to his return. So what are we doing as Christians that are girding up for the battles that we will face for our faith, knowing that Jesus already won the war, but also that urgency that we have for people who are outside the faith, maybe people who are inside the church, but outside the faith, who need to hear the truth of the gospel and the need for repentance. That's good news to share, and that's the bottom line.